Hello and welcome to Friday Night Fright Presents Comic Book Calvacadia 2020. Man, we're going to have some fun this month. Every episode in May, every day in May, there's going to be a brand new episode. It's going to be a mini review of a comic book movie. Yay, can't wait, hyped. So it's going to cover the gauntlet. It's going to be loads of MCU stuff. There's going to be some DC stuff probably. Uh, might be some off stuff. There's going to be Flash recaps of Flash Season 2 every Tuesday. Um, so it's going to be four or five of those, depending on how many Tuesdays are in May. But it's going to be tight, because they've all got a week off. Yay! Anyway, this is the intro comic for Cavcadia. So you hear this every day of the week, and then you'll hear an intro for the movie that I'm covering that day. Or TV show. Ooh, scary! Anyway, I'll be back after a brief word from our sponsor. Hello, it's your boy in Austin. Welcome to Comic Book Cavcadia. Day 3, May 3rd to be exact. And on today's list, we're going to be covering the first four movie made by Marvel Studios. Four, obviously, is a difficult character to crack. He is an Asgardian god, or space alien as you go, who is magic or not magic, depending on how you work it. He may or may not be the most powerful character in comic books and some but sometimes he's a doctor named Donald Blake who can also become the personification of the god of thunder so it's quite a difficult character to get working especially for Marvel because up to this point he had the incredible hope but that's a science experiment that wasn't anything more than that really so they're not really going too far into the magical realm as of yet but now they have to because obviously with the incredible hope with the four even you can't not go that route. You have to really embrace the weirdness. So despite that, and I've seen it before many, many times, it'll be interesting to see how it works in the context of how things are going in Marvel Cinematic Universe at the moment. And especially you're watching it in close proximity to Iron Man. Is it as good as I remember it being? I remember it being fish out of water. But does it treat you with the reference it deserves? And does it feel as fresh as 4 Ragnarok does? Because 4 Ragnarok obviously is the best 4 movie. And the coolest, does it work like that? Or does it feel more like, you know, Ford's Dark Dark, we- Dark Weird? I can't say weird. The Dark World. Dark, Dark World. You know? Is it going to be more like that? If it is, am I really going to enjoy it? I don't know. But it'll be nice watching context. So, anyway, enough of my rambling. That's coming up. A review of that four is coming up in just a few seconds after a brief word from our sponsor. Hey, guys. I've just finished four. And I enjoyed it. I mean, I, I think it's definitely a mixed bag of a movie if you handle my weird analogies and or metaphors. It's it's an interesting movie because, like I said in the introduction, it's a very difficult movie to get right because you're dealing with a character who is out-and-out fantastical and after Iron Man, which was very grounded and about technology. And what Hulk, which was about man pissing about with science and creating monster. This is pure sci-fi. There's no way to explain anything which happens in this movie using science. It's magic, it's fancying, it's all of that jazz. So it's a very difficult movie to make in that regard because how do you make it? Do you go flat-out comedy? Do you go serious route? Do you grow and ground it in pseudoscience? And the answer is a combination of the all of the above. It's a movie which starts with a very serious prologue, a very... Like, 
a very weighty, weighty prologue where Anthony Hopkins uses lots of grandeur and we get lots of Shakespearean politics or pseudo-Shakespearean politics, if you were in drama, with who would be king, who deserves to be king, the lineage of throne, that sort of thing. And a lot of really intense scenes, like the opening bit with four and company, or not opening, near opening bit with four and Sif and Hein and Fandau and um, Drogon and um, oh Christ, can't Hogan. I can't remember their names. But when they fight the mad, the monsters, you know that the frost giants. That's really intense. That's terrifying, and it remakes, especially in retrospect, it remakes for a nightmarish figure because he's so irresponsible. He kill, he murders so many frost giants for no real reason whatsoever. Of the no, I hate these people, my daddy hates them, so I have to kill them all. It's like, wait, what? Like, it's a really weird scene, and night, borderline nightmare fuel. And then when he gets sent to Earth, it turns into a comedy, and it's very jarring. And and not jarring like later Avengers movies, where it goes from really serious to really dramatic, to really funny, to really goofy, to really heartwarming, a lot. This doesn't quite totally add up. It seems like Kenneth Branagh really wanted to make a serious, weighty movie about, you know, gods and fancying all of that setting Marvel Universe, but they wouldn't let him make that movie, so they asked him to make Fish Out of Water stuff. And don't get it wrong, essentially it's a movie of two halves. You've got serious stuff and the funny stuff. The funny stuff is far better, in my opinion, because Chris Hemsworth is a really good comic actor, and they've got some good comic timing between characters. And it's very enjoyable, very silly, very fun. And then got serious stuff, which is well acted to a degree. Anthony Hopkins and Tom Hilson are standouts, even though Chris Hemsworth gives his, his all. But they don't mesh brilliantly. Like, it, it seems like it's two movies jammed into one. You get a lot of weird transitions. You get the feeling that basically an hour of movie is a goofy comedy. And then first 20 minutes and last 20 minutes are really serious. And I doesn't entirely work it's an enjoyable movie it's a good movie but in a strange way like if you've seen the other two four movies four two and four ragnarok four two is really serious and four ragnarok is really goofy and they're both elements from this movie but it seems like this was the movie where they weren't sure how they were going to handle four again probably something of creative committing their ideas and later movies were them trying to course correct. They tried with four two and darkness, which didn't work, and they tried with four three and humor, which did work. But it still seems like this was their oh, sorry, this was their attempt to make complete four movie instead of like a a stick to one. Because Thor's character is goofy and serious at the same time. And, yeah, I mean, it, they're lucky Chris Hemsworth is such a great Thor because he's, I wouldn't say struggles, but, you know, I think it's lucky he, likes you know, he is so good as a character because he can hop between the two aspects pretty effort, effortlessly. But he shouldn't have to if you catch what I mean. You watch stuff like Iron Man and Captain America and they're very totally consistent all the way through. You know, especially Iron Man and Iron Man 2, you might not like them, but there's consistency in them. It doesn't hop, seem to hop genres as much as this one does, because you've got the fish out, 
fish out of water stuff and your serious way jazz gardening stuff and they they don't you know i keep saying this but there's a real contrast between them but all in all i'd say it's a good movie good acting um good way to introduce four into the universe i mean it's same thing i say in the opening bit He's a very, very difficult guy to pull off, especially when you're already dealing with Sing Mac Universe, which has had three movies already, three of which are all very grounded and reasonably consistent tonally and visually. And then got this movie, which just goes batshit crazy. I will say the thing that hamstrings it is the fact that they're dealing with fancy, but it's not done as well as a lot of rings. And I think that fundamentally is a problem with Marvel Studios at the time, that they weren't going to let you know, that sort of ulterior, borderline OTA approach happen. Because Lord of the Rings movies are very much based on books by Tolkien, but they're also very much Peter Jackson movies. This feels like half King of Dragons movie and half a Marvel movie. Uh, yeah, so you know, this was before they really perfected the art of being able to work with directors, say, F1's on the same page. This doesn't seem like F1 was quite on the same page and Kevin Branagh was just trying to adding some of those more John Favreau aspects while doing what he likes to do. You know, Ken Brown is obviously a very weighty, serious Shakespearean actor, and the Shakespearean stuff in this is good, but it doesn't work with the comic stuff particularly. It's almost like it's two Shakespeare ones. It's almost like it's a sort of Roman Merchant Venice... Uh, no, not Merchant Venice. A Midsummer Night's Dream mix with Hamlet. You know, it's like you can't just smash those two plays together you need you know you need to pick one type of play and do type of format and do that but yeah i'd, I'd say um i'll go three stars three out of five i think it's not as good as iron man because iron man's very well i mean it's more entertaining in a lot of ways than iron man but iron man's better made overall even iron man 2 is better made so yeah, yeah, I I I enjoy. I the one thing I really didn't like the Dutch angles. I know Ken Brangler's probably going to go for the idea that gods are above us and we're staring up at them and they're they're mythical figures. And then the movie goes on, the Dutch angles disappear and they start viewing them. We view them differently, head on almost. You know when we actually relate to them as characters, but it's not a very good visual device. Sorry, it's it's one of those things where it's a neat idea in theory, but for a whole movie it doesn't doesn't particularly work. Even for there is some sort of story intent behind it. It's not just visual for the sake visual. It's a weird visual and it just seems jarring. And unfortunately, it has a habit of making viewers, in this case me, feel like they're not engaging with the story the way they should because you keep noticing camera angling. It's like it's just you know when Dave Fincher does it and stuff. Well, firstly, he has borderline control over the entire product. So, yeah. But secondly, I don't notice his. It's the sort of thing when you'd see, you watch back and see master class of shots or something like that, shot composition, and then you notice the shots. But in the actual terms of movie, I don't notice them because it's like music in movies. Music in movies should be good and should feel resonant to the material. But at the same time, I like it when it blends in with movies and that you just get a complete immersive experience. If you start noticing the music to the exception of the visuals, it's, it's, I, don't, I don't really think it works brilliantly at that point. So yeah, 3 out of 5, that's good. And um, tomorrow is Captain America First Avenger, which I personally, I think Captain America movies are uh, not 
best of all Marvel, but probably most consistent. So I'm really looking forward to that. So, yep, I'll be back tomorrow. And as always, remember, life is beautiful.